For the last few weeks, we've been discussing the invisible warfare thundering all around us in the unseen realm, what it means to be kingdom warriors in an age of unadulterated chaos and the weapons of mass confusion brought on by the father of lies against God's people who were made in his image. Finally today, we've reached the pinnacle of all of this, and despite what some viewers may expect, the final conclusion is a good one. Today's guests are here to talk about the exciting discussions of possible end times revival, the boldness of the body of Christ, the ultimate hope for all warriors of God, and the end of chaos. Hello and welcome to Skywatch TV. I'm Joe Artis Horn, and today we conclude what has been an avalanche of a series on the discussion of spiritual warfare in these end times. But before we resume that conversation, let me introduce who's here. He's the author of multiple books and Bible studies, the senior pastor of Mount Zion Road Church in Pennsylvania, and a graduate of Biblical Life College and Seminary, Mr. Corby Shuey. He holds doctorates in theology and religious education, is the chancellor and founder of Biblical Life College and Seminary, Dr. Michael Lake. Welcome back, gentlemen. So good to have you in studio today. We conclude what has been, like I said, an avalanche discussion on the entirety of the topic of spiritual warfare in the days that we're living in. These are not your grandfather's books on spiritual warfare. First, For Valor, Defending the Faith for Those of Worth by Corby Shuey, and The Kingdom Warrior, Full Spectrum Spiritual Warfare, Biblical Clearing and Maintaining Your Spiritual Perimeter by Dr. Michael Lake. These books, right? These gentlemen have done some preaching over the last few weeks, haven't they? Corby, as we wrap up this fascinating discussion, which hopefully is the beginning of a lot of people hearing the information that they've received, making sure they get copies of these books, taking them back to their churches and their communities to start. This, this is not the conclusion of the work, folks. This is the conclusion on the series that hopefully you will use to now take forward into your communities mm. and to reclaim these areas for Christ. But a powerful point in your book centers on Matthew 8, 23 mm. through 27. What hope do we as people have against this never-ending onslaught of deception? It's everywhere. It is. It is. And, and that question really addresses the heart of the book, really gets to the, the, the reason that I wrote the book. Um, in Matthew 8, uh, verses 23 through 27, we have the account of the disciples on, the, on a boat in, in the Galilee. Jesus is, is asleep, and as Jesus is sleeping, this, this great storm wells up. And, and the disciples are looking at the storm, and, and they're, they're, they're in fear of the storm. They're looking at this chaos that's unfolding around them, these waves that are battering the ship, uh, and they're in fear of it. They're calling out, and they're saying, we're going to be destroyed in this storm because they're, they're focused on that chaos. They're focused on the storm that was unfolding before right. them. And then Christ wakes up and he rebukes the storm. He rebukes the storm and the storm stops immediately. The storm stops and the disciples are in awe. They say, even this man has the power mm -hmm. to control the weather. 
And that is the hope in our day. That is the point of my book, is that we can look at the storm of chaos all around us. And, and the work here at, at Skywatch TV is to do that, to expose this chaos. Dr. Lake does the same thing. He looks at this chaos. He looks at these things that are unfolding around us. And the encouragement is the fact that we do not have to be overcome by it. We do not have to be overcome by it. We don't have to walk in fear of chaos. We don't have to walk in fear of the storm that's unfolding around us. We don't have to walk in fear of these perceived things that are coming against us, brothers and sisters, because we have a Savior who is alive. Yeah. We have a Savior who has lived. We have a Savior who has overcome. We have a God who has overcome these things, and by the power, by the power of his voice, he can call them to be silenced. That's the hope for the church. That's the hope that I, that I, that I pray that I, can, that I can be a vessel to, to, to share with the church that we have hope. Mm-hmm. We do not need to fear being overwhelmed by our culture, by being overwhelmed by the chaos that the, that the devil, that the enemy is trying to speak into our culture and lull us down this path of chaos. We don't have to fear that because we have a God who is alive, yeah. who has overcome the grave. And one thing I love is that when Jesus is on the, the boat with his disciples and he wakes up and he, he orders the storm to stop, that was one example of two. The second one is when he is walking on the water. And Dr. Michael Heiser and, and Derek Gilbert especially have made the point that chaos yeah. uh, in antiquity was connected to the dragon that lives within the sea, the chaos yeah. dragon, and that Jesus showed his disciples that he had power over this chaotic spirit, this demonic form that uh, when he walked on the water, basically he's saying, you're under my feet, you're under my control. It's the proto-evangelium out of Genesis, right? Mm. He is bruising the serpent's head. So it goes back to spiritual warfare and, and the examination that you guys provide on this is, well, it'll change a person's understanding of who Jesus was and much of what he did Amen. to illustrate his, himself to his disciples as the Messiah. Jesus, by rebuking the wind and the sea, Mm. the storm god in the ancient Near East was Baal. Mm. And Jesus in Matthew 12, 22 through 26, connects Baal to Satan. You know, he's driving out demons by the power of Beelzebul, Baal the Mm. prince. And Jesus says, well, if Satan casts out demons by his own power, how will Satan's kingdom stand? Mm. So not only was he condemning and, and subduing chaos here, he was also rebuking the king of the pagan pantheon because Baal was not only Baal of the Canaanites, he was Zeus of the Greeks and Jupiter of the Romans, Mm -hmm. the king of their pantheons as well. Mm -hmm. That's so good. You know, when we look at the dichotomy of everything that's going on, it's so easy to get overwhelmed at the chaos. Oh, for sure. But one of the things that he brings out, we don't need God to do a major thing. We need him to speak a word. Mm -hmm. That's right. And when Mm. when we wake up, he only speaks to those who are awake. His book is a clarion call for the remnant to wake up, to discern the times. Once we wake up, all it takes is for our God to speak a word yeah. and the chaos stops. That's, That's so it. Good. One of the things that Donna and I have talked about for years, and you know, we've done this publicly. She's done it more so than I have publicly. And it really is one of those that then when you see in social media, you know, it gets trolled a lot or naysayers or people that don't subscribe to the belief that there is even a possibility of an end times revival that we're living out now at the end of the tribulation, which I hugely dispute based on 
the fact that you know so much of Western civilization tends to want to put itself in the middle of Bible prophecy. It's a little bit narcissistic to think that yeah. we are the measuring <laughs> stick for everything that's happening globally. Narsa Jesus. Uh, there you go. There you go. But I want to ask you, because I know you deal with this, yes. Corby. What is your view of the possibility of an end times revival? There are so many that shoot that down. They believe that it's not possible. And it's almost like they don't want to believe that it can be possible. I can't explain what's behind that, but it's, 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 it's like we're the naive ones to even expect that there could be an explosion of an end times revival. And I, and I don't get it, because I, I assume that most of the church, if they believe what they preach, would be thrilled about the possibility mm. of an end times revival. What do you think it takes to get something like that started, as defined uh, in Ephesians 4? Well, I think uh, with revival, it, it starts with our heart. It starts with... Um, a choice. Dr. Lake alluded to this when he was uh, speaking about his book, that we have to choose to walk with God. We have to choose to be identified as a person of God. We have to choose to stand upon the word of God as foundational for uh, the, the, the person that we are, the truth that we, that we proclaim to be uh, without error. So revival starts with our hearts. Revival starts with a choice to walk in revival. We have to walk in revival, and we have to, to remember that uh, we see recently that, that many people are kind of chasing out these movements of, mm -hmm. of revival. And I'm not discounting that. I, I do believe that God will revive us. He will have a remnant in these last days that are, that's, that's willing to stand on, on his word, on his authority, that's willing to stand in boldness to proclaim the truth for the hope of the next generation. Really, that's what my faith is about. My faith is not necessarily about me. My faith is about my children. Oh, for sure. My faith is about the next generation. And God is calling us right now as the church to stand upon yeah. his word yeah. in boldness to proclaim the truth right. for those who are coming after us. So with revival comes this responsibility to choose to walk in revival. Uh, Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 that, that we are called to walk in a manner that's worthy of our calling. And we can just read through that and gloss over it and think, well, okay, great, that's good encouragement there, Paul. But when we really think about what he is saying, there's great weight to those words. He's saying, walk in a manner that's worthy of your calling. Jesus came down to us to save us because he loves us and he saw worth in us. He saw worth in his children. He saw worth in who we are. Mm -hmm. And we have to walk in a manner that's worthy of his love for us. So that's where revival starts. It, re, it, it starts with a choice to remember that we are redeemed of God. No, another thing is the pattern. Uh, you know, talking about where we're at right now today. We're in chaos. All this crazy stuff's happening all around us. People are walking away from church, walking away from the Bible. Franklin Graham just recently said we've unleashed all the demons of hell in the American culture. And yet Donna's done at least two books on the histories of revival. And in every one of those you could find darkness and right after that Yes. came a great awakening, that it was always some kind of political turmoil or something was going on, but then revival. Yeah. And what is the dynamic there? Is it because people at some point start losing faith in government and institutions, and yet the way we're wired, we've got to have faith in something, and so people start yeah. turning back to God? Is that part of the dynamic? I think it is. I think if we, if we do a, a study on the word tribulation, it, it leads to this idea that uh, tribulation is the word in, in the Greek is thlipsis, thlipsis. It's this idea, tribulation is this idea that we often think 
tribulation is this end time event that's going to happen. It's going to be fall of the church and all these, or, or the, the world and all these terrible things are going to happen. But if you look at the word tribulation throughout the course of the Bible, it really points to uh, the idea of pressure. That God allows us to go through times of pressure Yes. Because it, it awakens us. Yeah. It, it, it builds within us the character, the wherewithal to withstand the darkness. Another thought that I, that I often you know, go back to is the idea of the, uh, a match light at midnight. You know, if you strike a match in the, in the dead of night, that match is going to be bright. It's going to illuminate the room. And sometimes we go through darkness or, or periods of tribulation because the Lord is trying to call us to be the person that we're, that we're meant to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the... the the title of his book answers the question that you have. Amen. We, we've got a choice to make as a church. Are we going to allow our perspective on an end-time prophecy give us an excuse to wimp out or for valor? Mm. Are we going to stand up and be that Navy SEAL, that tier one operator that holds the line until Christ returns? Amen. Mm. We have a choice. And heaven is waiting for us to make that choice. I think that is the only thing right now holding back revival is the body of Christ has got to say, I have had enough. Mm-hmm. And it's either Jesus' way or take me home. Right? That's it. That's I will it. no longer tolerate evil in the world. I will proclaim truth mm-hmm. in, the, in the face of the storm. Amen. Because it takes valor to do that. And if our churches, our pastors, if they would begin doing that, preaching the gospel, Paul said, is the dynamite of God that can transform society. And that's what you saw in the first church. They imprison them, they beat them, they do all these things, and they preached even louder, and they turned the world upside down. Right. Two, 200 years after they started preaching, you couldn't find a temple to Apollo or Diana. And those had lasted for thousands right. of years. So it was the preaching of the gospel, uh, being true to that word, being bold in announcing it, like you guys do when you preach. If our churches can get back to that, we have hope. We do. I think right. we will empty out a lot of things that God has written, Ichabod or Michelob or whatever. <laughs> yeah. They may sell it there, but I, I think we're going to see an implosion of one, and we're going to see pastors who were faithful in teaching truth, even if it costs them every single right. yeah. Every sure. are yeah. not going to have enough space for the people that are hungry that say, teach me the word. If you want to take 90 minutes, if you want to take two hours, teach me the word because I have been trained wrong my entire life, oh. and I hunger for truth. Come on, come on. Amen. Come on. No, it is, it's, 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 it is. It's real up in here. It is the boots on the ground yes. gospel time. And here's the funny thing. I have done research, written two books about the history of the church and the history specifically of great awakenings and revivals across the church. The, the, the difference being that a revival happens in the church, a great awakening happens with people outside of the church who yesterday didn't even have a care in the world about who God was and now they're set on fire and they're going. But here's the thing. God uses the most unassuming, unpretentious men and women in these movements. Catherine Kuhlman, did you know D.L. Moody couldn't even read or write? He was illiterate and he became one of the greatest preachers of the great awakenings in human history. And he did it because he gave God his yes. That's where it starts. But I'm afraid that there are people at home getting excited, but they don't know what the first step is. And I got to ask you, Corby, because you've written about this in your book. Why do we, as the body of Christ, as, 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 as bold Christians, why do we struggle so much with walking in the boldness or the authority of Christ? I think it has to do with that we are afraid of the chaos. 
We're afraid of the storm around us. We're afraid of ridicule. We're, we're afraid of uh, betrayal. We're afraid of, of these things that we see, that, that we perceive that will, will come against us if we stand upon the word of God, if we make yeah. a bold declaration of faith. We're afraid of these things, and it's getting worse. We can, we can see that, as we talked about earlier, that we're no longer a secular culture that's driven by secular ideas, and there's a, uh, a mutual tolerance to just kind of leave each other alone. We're moving into a culture that is very anti God, mm-hmm. and we have to dismantle these standards of behavior because they are seen as, opp- as oppressive to expressing yourself individually. We have to remember that we can't be afraid of this chaos. We can't be afraid right. of the storm that's around us, and we have to, to continually turn to, to Jesus because he is the only source of our hope. He is the only source of our strength uh, in this endurance, as Dr. Lake talked about, this enduring grace that he's seeking to pour out upon us. He's going to give us the grace to endure these times that that we're living through. And may I add, I think the first thing the enemy deconstructed Mm. was the image of the church. Mm -hmm. We're afraid because we don't know who we are. We're afraid because we don't understand that we have been called to be conformed into the image of Christ. And that image is bold. That image is about truth. And I'm finding out I'm extremely intolerant. (laughs) I am intolerant of lies. I am intolerant of of hatred. I'm intolerant of everything that's evil. I hate evil. Yeah. Because the Bible says to love God is to hate evil. I hate it. I hate what it does to people. Because this isn't right. about me. It's the next generation. Yeah. That somebody has got to hold out truth. Mm-hmm. Grandma and grandpa, right. you need to hold out truth to your grandkids because they may not get it anywhere else. That's right. And your grandkids know that you love them. Mm-hmm. And if you speak truth to them, they'll receive it. It's, it's time for the body of Christ to raise up in valor yeah. and to say it's time to reconstruct. We need a reformation because oh. the enemy has deformed the image of God in the church. Amen. And that's what this book is about, is reestablishing that image. That is so crazy that you say we need a reformation. I have been saying for five years on this very platform and elsewhere that the church is headed not just for a great awakening, not just for a revival, but a reformation unlike anything that the church has seen in 500 years since the time of Martin Luther. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen because people like Kirby Shue are standing up and saying, reclaim the image of God Amen. that was instilled within you from Eden forward. Stop with this deconstruction of identity. That is yeah. the Satan's promise, right? Uh, yeah. And it's in Whoa. the book of Revelation. Those that come out of great tribulation have their robes washed white as snow. There you go. Hmm. Those are the ones coming out of the last great revival that would not bow the knee to the Antichrist, but they only bow their knee to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And when you bow your knee to him, you can stand up before anything. They don't struggle with their identity. They They know who they are. That's right. It's like so much of the church has worried for so long about some of the things that Corby was talking about, the backlash, the being canceled, the the hate on social media, that they've tried to just get along. Mm. But it's like you said, I think you said this last week, some of the people that are enemies of God are no longer satisfied with us just coexisting on the other side of the fence. You stay on your side of the lawn, we'll stay over here. They now demand Mm -hmm. that we join them or that we agree with them or that we support them. We're not allowed to just peacefully exist on this side of the fence anymore. But here's the opportunity for those that are willing and for those that have the courage. The opportunity is I think God is looking for those that you described, Dr. Lake, 
those that are like in the midst of a violent cyclone, you have all of these trees and some of them aren't going to make it. Some of them aren't strong enough. Some of them are going to wither and fall over. But after the storm, there's those five that stayed engaged throughout the cyclone. While you were talking, I was seeing this word picture of, of these legitimate people that are a part of the actual body of Christ that I mentioned in the lead of the program who are unwilling to do the thing where they stay mousy, mm. they, they stay concerned about what the community will think should they stand for something that, that might get a little heat at the church or, well, we'd hate for backlash. And, well, I, I don't know. I, I'd love to speak the truth, but, gosh, it's, I'm not sure. We just got some new memories. I'm not sure what they'll think. And God is looking for people to say, I'm going to speak the truth yep. according to the word of God. And if that means that I get some backlash online, if that means they take my YouTube down for the fifth time, if that means that I lose some people in my congregation who aren't there for the reasons of, of being discipled, then so be it. But I'm not going to change my message, and that to me is the opportunity, especially like young men right now. Be different than your peers. When they're talking to you about their addictions to pornography, be the guy that says, you know what? There is a peace and a freedom in Christ. Oof. I know that you're struggling, but check this out. There's this other way. It doesn't have to be the thing that occupies the frontal lobe of your brain 24-7. You're right. There's this Messiah that I serve that gives me the strength to be bigger than those temptations, Amen. if that makes any sense. Anyway, I'm rambling now. With just a few minutes left on the clock, though, I do want to make sure that, ladies and gentlemen, you know how you can get your copies of both of these incredible new works in the Warriors of God special offer. When you order the Warriors of God special offer, you'll receive the Kingdom Warrior full-spectrum spiritual warfare, biblical clearing, and maintaining your spiritual perimeter by Dr. Michael Lake. But you'll also receive the brand new book by Corby Shuey, For Valor, Defending the Faith for Those of Worth. Both of these works complement each other fabulously and take you on a journey of next-level comprehension of spiritual warfare. But that's not all. Right now, when you order the Warriors of God special offer, we're also including absolutely free the phenomenal two-disc collection on DVD, The Final Countdown, featuring Dr. Thomas Horn, Allie Anderson, and Donna Howell on how the secrets hidden within the biblical feasts unveil the final countdown to the return of Jesus Christ and the rapture of the church. But also included in this incredible special offer is Dr. Michael Lake's massive Sheareth Imperative data DVD library that includes 56 different Christian classic books on PDF for use on device of your choosing, Understanding the Kingdom audio series, the eSword biblical software for Windows, and several TV appearances featuring Dr. Michael Lake. All of these items hold a retail value of $95, yours now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling. Trust me, it's not a special opportunity that you want to miss out on. Make sure you go to the skywatchtvstore.com. You can also use the QR code that's on your screen right now using the camera app on your phone. Corby, there is something we've got to get to before we run out of time today. Your book has a chapter titled, and I quote, A Call to Arms for the Priesthood of Flint, unquote. Who or what is this priesthood of Flint? Well, in short, we are the priesthood of Flint, and, and I do want to say that this is, is one of those chapters, as authors here, I'm sure you all have experienced this, where uh, you almost can't type fast enough to get out what God is giving you. Mm. Uh, so this is one of those times when it just, 
I read through this, this chapter in the book uh, often, and I think, wow, you know, where did that come from? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for inspiring that. Thank you for allowing me to be a vessel, to put that on paper. Uh, so it's, it's something that I read as, as an encouragement to myself because mm-hmm. I give God credit and, and I give him glory in, in inspiring this, this uh, chapter of the book. And I took this idea of Flint when uh, in the Gospels, Jesus uh, tells us that Jesus, uh, when he recognized that it was his time to go to Jerusalem, uh, to be crucified and to die for our sins, it says he set his face like Flint. The, the, the prophet Isaiah tells us the same things, that the Messiah will set his face like flint when it's his time to enter into the city that will take his life to redeem those who call upon his name. So Jesus set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem. The, the term flint is referring to a rock. Uh, it's, it's a rock that's, that's it's so hard that we can sharpen knives or sharpen uh, axes or weapons with this, with this rock. It's, it's a, a rock that is unwaveringly hard. It is, it is, it is dense, sharp rock. There's, there's actually a time when, when we used flint to make weapons because it, it retained its edge mm. um, and it didn't alter its shape. Uh, under under stress, so our our Messiah Jesus set his face like flint as he went into the to Jerusalem. He set his face like flint, knowing what going into the city would bring, knowing that he would be beaten, knowing that he would be scourged, knowing that he would be ridiculed, knowing that he would be spit upon, that his beard would be pulled out, knowing that he would be placed upon the cross, nailed to the cross, uh, and and die for our sins. He knew that going into it, he knew that, and yet he set his face like flint. He was determined to fulfill what he came to fulfill. He was determined to go to the cross because he knew that his death on the cross would lead to resurrection. It would lead to new life and it would give those who call upon his name salvation the hope of an eternal life, this hope of redemption, this hope of reconciliation. So he set his face like flint knowing that his purpose on earth was to redeem us in this determination to not allow the the chaos that was going on around him, to not allow these things that were coming against him to to deter him from his purpose. We are called to be a priesthood of Flint in this day. We are called to arms, to stand in boldness, to be unwavering in our boldness, in our our determination to proclaim the gospel of hope. That's right. That is who we are called to be. We are called to be a priesthood of Flint for valor. For valor, as we see the worth of those who we can speak truth into, as we see the worth of our children, as we see the worth of those who are hurting, who are struggling with sin, who are struggling with, with, with addictions, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, we see the worth in those people and we do not just want to leave them to the wolves to, to be consumed or to, to leave them to the chaos to be consumed. We want to offer them hope mm-hmm. in our determination to stand as a priesthood of Flint like our Savior seeing our purpose, being unwavering in our desire to walk out our calling as the people of God. Yeah. That is right. That is right. You know, there's another aspect of Flint. This is one of the first theses I've I've read that I've actually wanted to uh, write an addendum to. Okay. (laughs) There's another characteristic about Flint. You use it to cause fires. Mm, When you set your face like Flint to follow God, every time the devil hits you, he is, he is worried if he's going to cause a spark that can turn into revival. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh, that's good. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is like my sister sitting to my right has said many times, give God your yes and see what he does with your life. Unfortunately, we are all out of time, but did you guys absolutely adore these two? What a series. 
Dr. Michael Lake, thank you so much for joining us for the last Pleasure. few weeks. Corby Shuey, what an honor to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, for everybody here in studio, for everybody up here on panel, I'm Joe Artis Horn. Keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. We'll be back. We want to make sure that you know how you can get your copies of both of these incredible new works in the Warriors of God special offer. When you order the Warriors of God special offer, you'll receive the Kingdom Warrior full spectrum spiritual warfare, biblical clearing and maintaining your spiritual perimeter by Dr. Michael Lake. But you'll also receive the brand new book by Corby Shuey for Valor, defending the faith for those of worth. Both of these works complement each other fabulously and take you on a journey of next level comprehension of spiritual warfare. But that's not all. Right now, when you order the Warriors of God special offer, we're also including absolutely free the phenomenal two-disc collection on DVD, The Final Countdown. But also included in this incredible special offer is Dr. Michael Lake's massive Shearith Imperative Data DVD Library. All of these items hold a retail value of $95, yours now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling.